From Cowork 591 Studios, this is Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest, and this is the Jessup News for January 4th, 2023. And on today's podcast, we look at Grimes' fairy tales, the true story. We review some documentaries. This week's guests are Rob Heilman and Josie Lloyd, and we look at the news. We're sponsored this week by Reyes Concrete Service. 509 Franklin Street, Jessup, Iowa, United States. In Iowa, their number is 319-939-9225. They're located right across from the Littleton Lounge there in Littleton. And another sponsor is Littleton Lounge, LLC. Their hours are 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. each day of the week. Their address is 511 State Street, Independence. That's also in Littleton. And the third sponsor is the Littleton Chatham Historical Society. The Littleton and Chatham Historical Society strives to accurately document, promote, and preserve the history of the Littleton and Chatham area to cultivate interest and educational understanding for future generations. We at the Steve Brown Arts Center are proud to announce that July 29th of this year, the Littleton Free Watermelon Day is going to take place. Um, Events will be announced in the coming weeks. So tonight, tonight we're proud to announce that event is going to take place. We are also working here at the uh, Steve Brown Arts Center to add two other shows to our podcast network in the coming months, a music podcast and stories from River Road Boulevard. The Steve Brown Arts Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has a vision for artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. And we'll be offering community programming starting in Jessup, Iowa, before expanding to neighboring communities. Programming will include a community speaker series that will spotlight and partner with local businesses to provide opportunities for community engagement. The long-range vision is to house a rural artist residency program for professional and emerging artists in all areas of the arts and the humanities. Artists will be offered accommodations and studio space in exchange for a contribution of labor and maintenance of the buildings and grounds. This is the SBAC Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest. The City Report, the City Council met tonight, and we had talked about the agenda last week. They were rehiring the fire chief, the ambulance chief, and the they were... Also talking about the waterworks a little bit tonight in a, in a short meeting. We will have the agenda, or not the agenda, but the minutes from that meeting next week. From Cowork 591 Studios, this is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest, and we're here tonight with our second guest of the evening. It's Josie Lloyd. Josie is the social media director of the Steve Brown Arts Center, but one of the reasons I wanted her in tonight um, was to talk about her friendship with Steve Brown they had they had developed a great friendship uh, by by the when when Steve had passed away, um, and so we want to talk about that. 
Josie, tell us a little bit about your family first. Um, so I'm from Jessup, and I have three younger sisters. One of my sisters is a sophomore at Jessup right now, and then I had a sister that graduated in 2020, and then I graduated. No, she graduated in 2021, and I graduated in 2019 from Jessup. The um, you, you just graduated from Iowa, correct? I did just actually a few weeks ago. And um, what are you doing now? I am a life enrichment coordinator at an assisted living facility in Dubuque. How, how did you get? Uh, how did you de- develop Josie um, the passion to work with el- elderly people, etc.? So I became a CNA when I was 16 and actually got a job at Buchanan County Health Center on the hospital floor. And I just didn't like it at all. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. And then I got a job at the nursing home in LaPorte and I loved it. And I loved being around the people, but the longer I thought about it, the more I was like, I just know that I don't want to be a nurse. So I was trying to find another way to to get with that population. So actually my goals are to be a nursing home administrator. But right now, I'm just trying to get more experience in a facility. So that's why I took the job I have. Oh, thank you for doing that. Um, as, uh, as I age, we need And I would say this, Josie, I don't know if our culture respects the elderly like they should. Yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, I, and I don't know why that is. You know, it, because there's, there's so much knowledge. Uh, there's so many good things out there about them. I've only been working for about two weeks, and I can honestly say I've learned a lot from everyone already. Mm-hmm. Jo- Josie, let, let, let's talk about Steve a little bit. How, how did you meet Steve Brown as a student teacher? As a, when you were a student, when, when was the first time you had Steve in class? Mr. Brown taught eighth grade art, so I actually had him when I was in eighth grade as an art teacher. And then all through high school, he was also my art teacher. Okay, and what were you first, when you first had him in eighth grade, what were your thoughts of Steve? He's not what I expected, <laughs> but I really liked him right off the bat, and I mean, he liked me too, so we got along pretty well. He, uh, he, had, a unique, he had a unique personality about him, didn't he? Yes. How would you describe his personality? I would say he was very blunt. If, if I was working on something and he thought it sucked, he was going to tell me, he start over. Please just start over. Okay. Yeah, he, he wasn't shy, was no, he? No, no. No, I, uh, I know his, his sister listens to our podcast, mm-hmm. and her sister, or his sister enjoys hearing stories about her brother, so she'll, she'll get a giggle out, out of that. As you went through the years... Do you, have a, do you have a good story about Steve? Mr. Brown would always just wear like a black t-shirt and then he would wear a button-up shirt over it, but he always had it unbuttoned. And that's what he wore every day. It was usually a different shirt. Um, one day he was at school and I noticed that his, his shirts, both of them, were inside out. And I just was like, okay, do I mention this or do I just let him walk around like this all day long? <laughs> and I just let him do it. And then I got there the next day and he's telling me about how his shirts were on inside out. And I was like, yeah, I know that. I I noticed that your shirts were on inside out. And he was just so mad at me. He's like, I can't believe you let me walk around all day with my shirts inside out and you didn't say anything to me. (laughs) (laughs) I can hear Brown Brown scolding you about that. Yeah, Yeah, we had Kara on last week, and she had had many stories of, uh, of Steve. So, so you had that uh, that time with Steve during during school. You continued 
getting together with Brown after after you graduated? Yeah, so actually, Brown retired when I was a junior. So my senior year, he wasn't working at school. And he sent me flowers to school when I was about to graduate. Then asked me to meet up with him for dinner. So then I met up with him for dinner, and he had brought me a birthday gift. Oh, cool. But yeah, I met up with him a few times after I graduated. Yeah, yeah, Brown... Brown got along got along real well with students. You know, Corey Veith was real close to Steve, and Kara Masteller was real close to Steve. Education was all about the students for Steve. People didn't realize that. You know, Steve wanted to portray a someone as surly and tough, and he had a tender heart. I think that's why he caught everyone off guard so much, because when you looked at him, he just was not what you expected. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. He was wonderful. Um, the I, I will tell you a story um, about Steve. One day, Kara and Steve and I were going to meet at Jameson's for lunch. And so I picked Kara up on the way over to Jameson's to eat, get a burger and they, they had an outdoor court and sit out outside. And I put money in the meter and we went over and ordered our meal and sat down outside and we were sitting there giggling and enjoying the day. And all of a sudden the meter maid walked up to my car and started writing a ticket. And Brown says, Gillespie, they're giving you a ticket. Didn't you put money in your meter? I said, yeah, I put money in the meter. And I ran over there. The guy's writing a ticket. I said, I put, I put two hours worth of money in that meter. He said, look at the meter. I put money in the wrong meter. I said, look at that meter. I put two hours worth. He said, I, I got to give you a ticket. I, I didn't handle it well, to say the least. And I looked over across the road at Brown and Kara, and they were just losing it, because I must have been losing it. And they ended up calling the police. So the police come, and I looked over at them, and they were really losing it then. And, of course, it, that was right before school started, and we came back. We always told a story to Mr. Chamberlain about our summer. And what do you think Brown told Mr. Chamberlain? That <laughs> Gillespie had an altercation with the police in Waterloo. He, he, had, a, he had a unique personality. <laughs> To say the least. I miss my friend. You know, there, there, there is, there, there's a lot to miss about him. Did you realize how much you like Christmas? Yes, and that was another good one. Every year when he would order all the candy from Russell Stover, and everyone would sit there, and he'd just be going nuts ordering all this candy because he had his favorites, and he knew that he could not get as many as he wanted in the store. So he would go online and order them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he... He, I, I can see Brown doing that. You know, he would put a Christmas tree in every room of his house. I actually bought him a tiny pink Christmas tree oh, to cool. put in his classroom when I was in high school. Uh, that's neat. That's, that's really neat. So, so Josie, you are responsible for the uh, social media for the Steve Brown Arts Center. What, uh, what other, how can people uh, look us up on the social media? Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and I believe we're on Instagram, but I don't run that, so I'm not sure. We are announcing tonight that we're going to have Littleton Watermelon, Littleton Free Watermelon Day, July 29th in uh, Littleton. We're going to have a couple bands and food trucks. 
um, and, and some other events that day, some duck races, um, things like that. Um, so so we're, we're going to uh, use our, our social media to get that out of there along with other people. So I'm going to ask you to do... Uh, to push that pretty hard. Josie, is there anything else you want to tell us about Steve before we let you go? Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in tonight, Josie. Appreciate it a lot. Yes, thank you. The library calendar, top adult fiction books at the Jessup Public Library by Checkout in 2022. Variety by Colleen Hoover. Where's the Crawdads? Sing by Deliah Owens. Layla by Colleen Hoover. Ugly Love by Colleen Hoover. Maybe Someday by Colleen Hoover. Confess by Colleen Hoover. Regretting You by Colleen Hoover. The Fields by Aaron Young. The Christmas Spirit by Debbie McComer. And Heart Bones by Colleen Hoover. And that must be quite a series by Colleen Hoover. Little Tot Storytime meets every Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Join us for songs, stories, and more. Spice Club each month, we will feature a new spice to pick up in a take-home kit that includes the spice, information on its history and uses, and recipes to try. The January spice is cardamom. Get yours today at the Jessup Public Library. Snowman Painting Kit. Pick up your painting kit at the JPL. $2 per kit. It includes 5x5 five five canvas, paint brush, paint, and a tracer. Step-by-step -step instructions provided. Contact the library to sign up while supplies last. Library at gmail.com or at 319-827-1533. STEM Wednesday is January 11th. At 1.30 p.m., ISU Buchanan County Extension presents STEM Wednesdays on early dismissal days. Join us in January for popping popcorn with special activities, fun, and snacks. Most suitable for grades K through 4, pre-registration is required and limited to the first 15 kids. Sign up at HTTPS forums at Glee. 9-W-E-H-K-R-8-2-R-E-4-W-C-F-U-K-7. Call the Jessup Public Library at jessuppubliclibrary at gmail.com with questions. Movie, movie Monday, Monday, January 23rd at 1 p.m. The title is to be announced, Free Popcorn and Bottled Water. The book club of the month is Hollowing Out the Middle. The Rural Brain Drain and What It Means for America by Maria Kevlis and Patrick Carr, Monday, January 16th at 1 p.m. Books are available for pickup at the library. Startling research shows that small towns from Maine to Missouri are in jeopardy from exporting their most precious resource, young people. Sociologists were sent to small towns in Iowa to chronicle the exodus of young people from America's countryside and to understand the process of the rural brain drain. One in five Americans, nearly 60 million people, live in small towns. And rate at which young people are permanently leaving has grave local and national repercussions. The emptying out of small towns is a nationwide concern but there are strategies for arresting the process and creating sustainable, thriving communities. Hollowing out the middle is a wake-up call we can't afford to ignore. Friends of the Jessup Public Library is meeting January 19th at 6 p.m. The Friends of the Library are a nonprofit support organization 
that improves the services and resources of the library and promotes citizens' involvement in the community and hosts fundraising events to offer programs and resources for all ages. Membership forms are available in the library. Fundraising with friends of the library, calling all coffee lovers, drinking coffee can help support the JPL. We have teamed with the Velvet Coffee Company to offer you a special bookworm blend. A portion of every purchase benefits the Friends of the Library. You can also purchase it and other blends online at www.velvetcoffee.com. If you have at least one bag of the special bookworm blend in your cart, a portion of the whole cart comes back to the Friends of the Library. And don't forget to stay hydrated. A 30-ounce Polar Camel water bottle with the JPL logo is available for the purchase online. Scan the QR code at the library to order. Media sales, books for all ages, DVD, audiobooks, puzzles, games, and more have been donated and are available for free will donations to the Friends of the Library. The Friends of JPL work to enhance the service and collection of the library for both today and tomorrow. Library of Things. Check us out. The JPL is more than books. We have several new items available for checking out, including craft stamps and candy molds. We also have magazines, new papers, cake pans, puzzles, games, STEM, activity bags, cookie cutters, DVDs, soap making kit, and more. We can also request materials from other libraries at no charge through the interlibrary loan system. The JPL Library Endowment Fund was established to ensure the longevity of the materials and resources for the community. We are growing this fund to positively impact current and future patrons of the library. Incentives are provided for contributions to the fund, which are deductible to the maximum extent permissible under current tax law. Library donations, it's easy to make a donation to the JPL, cash gifts, Give immediate support because you provide future support for the library and memorial gifts serve as a special tribute for a loved one. Don't forget the 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten. The 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten program at the JPL is designed to be a simple and encourage making reading a daily habit. Sign up at the library and receive a log to record your child's first 100 books or use the 1,000 Books Before Kindergarten app available in your app store on iTunes. At Cowork 591, don't forget the free work day is this past Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Contact Kelly when the next free work day is. So yesterday was Cowork 591 and Jessup Caps variety show at Cowork Studios at 591 Young Street. We hope that uh, people join the, for the fun event. They had about 11 acts, I believe. It'll be interesting to, uh, last week we talked to Lillian and Savvy about the show, and, and hopefully that went well for them. Don't forget, next Wednesday, or this coming Wednesday, actually, Wednesday, January 11th, is the Jessup Caps Showcase. Curious about what CAP students do? Stop by the showcase from 2 to 4 at Cowork 591 at 591 Young Street in Jessup. Refreshments will be provided. School news is brought to you by Derrick's Repair Shop here in Jessup, Iowa. Call or text 319-215-8167. It's an automotive repair and detailing. And it's also 
Another sponsor that we had last week is the Cedar Valley Podiatry Foot and Ankle Center in Cedar Falls, Iowa. We want to be your family's foot and ankle specialist. The Cedar Valley Podiatry Foot and Ankle Center provides quality, state-of-the-art foot and ankle care to all ages from infants and toddlers to the geriatric population. Our physicians continue to be at the forefront of emerging technology and specialize in all medical and surgical treatment for the foot and ankle. We have over 35 years of experience and would be proud to have the opportunity to serve your foot and ankle needs. You our patients are our priority. Our office is dedicated to service our patients with a maximum quality of care. We realize there is a person attached to that foot, and we will treat you with dignity and respect. Let us serve you in Cedar Falls, Independence, Owen, Charles City, or Sumner. Now the school news. The Jessup Rec Department is excited to start offering pickleball for adults in the community. When Brock was on, he spoke about this. Our first session will be on Sunday, January 15th at 7 p.m. in the North Gym. If we have a lot of interest, we may split into two sessions. First few weeks, we will just get together and play and see what we have for interest. And after that, we will reevaluate and hopefully start a league on Sundays and or Mondays, probably beginning after the Super Bowl. There will be no charge to play the first few weeks as we introduce the sport to everyone. If we have enough players to form a league, we will send another sign-up form and charge a registration fee at that time. Contact Brock Sabres at bsabres at jessupk12.ia.us for more information. The elementary and middle school halls are open from 6.30 to 7.30 on Sundays and Wednesday evenings for adults walking. All walkers should bring a clean pair of shoes and enter through the activity door. Archery and boys and girls basketball have started back up after taking some time off for the holiday. Now the obituaries. The Steve Brown Arts Center would like to thank White's Funeral Home for providing the obituaries each and every week. Raphael Ray Arnold Schmitz, 85 years old, of rural Jessup, Iowa, died Saturday, December 31st, 2022, at the University of Iowa Hospitals in Clinics, in Iowa City, Iowa. Ray was born March 1st, 1937 on the family farm in Blackhawk County, Iowa, the son of Jacob Bernard Schmitz and Laura Elizabeth Phillips Schmitz. Following his educational years, he began working on the farm and soon developed a love for the farming way of life. On October 27th, 1958, he was united in marriage to Marion Gertrude Wagner of St. Athanasius, Catholic Church in Jessup, Iowa. Marion joined Ray on the farm and they raised four children. Ray was a member of the Immaculate Conception Catholic Church and the Catholic Order of Foresters in Gilbertville. Ray is survived by his wife, Marion Schmitz of rural Jessup, two sons, Steve Schmitz of Jessup, Bill Schmitz of Jessup, two daughters, Teresa Cass of Jessup, Betty Brightsprecker of Independence, and seven grandchildren, Brett Aaron, Jacob, Jordan, Allison, Brietta, and Nick, also 11 great-grandchildren. His parents and three sisters, Celeste Shares, Myrtle Schmitz, and Mary Jean Eyre, preceded him in death. Dorothy Catherine Harding, 106 years old, of LaPorte City, Iowa, and formerly of rural Jessup, died December 19, 2022, at LaPorte City Specialty Care. She was born November 10, 1916, in Buchanan County, Iowa. 
the daughter of Herbert Seaman and Mabel Seaman. She graduated from Jessup High School in Jessup. On January 1, 1935, she was united in marriage to Walter Henry Hardy at Zion Lutheran Church at Jubilee. Dorothy was a member of Zion Lutheran Church and had been a member of the Alcats Women's Club in Waterloo. There was a private family service held with burial at Zion Lutheran Church Jubilee Cemetery, Royal Laporte, Iowa. This is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest. And we're here tonight with Rob Heilman. He's the Buchanan County Tourism Director. And I've wanted to get him on the show for a long time. Actually, I tried to convince him to, to co-host with me. Well, you never know, though. Some, someday, maybe. Some, someday you might. All right, we're good. All right. From Cowork 591 Studios, this is the Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest. And we're here tonight with Rob Heilman. He's the Buchanan County Tourism Director. And I've wanted to get him on the show for a long time. Actually, I tried to convince him to, to co-host with me. Well, you never know, though. Some someday maybe some someday you might break me if uh, <laughs> if uh, maybe some night just one time we get you to co-host. There you go, there you go. Stranger things have happened, Jim. Yeah, well, and uh, we have to explain to our audience that that Rob has been involved with radio for how many years? About uh, thirty, about thirty years. Thirty years. Tell us about your career in radio a little bit. Uh, well, I, I started by accident uh, at KOEL in Olwine. A friend of mine uh, worked there, and she uh, d- d- needed a ride home one time. So I I went over to her, you know, to the studio there, and was going to give her a ride home. And uh, they had one of their employees that just quit on them suddenly, and they said, "I don't know what we're going to do." And my friend said, "Well, Rob, why don't you fill in?" And that was thirty years ago. Who yeah. knew I was going to make a career out of it? Uh, that's so. So, what was your first job doing? What um, it was doing uh, again? Koel AM and FM. Uh, just doing. Uh, first off, it was part time. Then I moved to uh, KCRR in Waterloo. Uh, did that full time, and then I just kind of knocked around for a while in Waterloo. KCRR, KOKZ. Back when they played oldies. Uh, moved to Marshalltown for a couple of years and worked at a station there. Uh, about the last 18, though, I worked at KMCH in Manchester, a uh, locally owned station there. And I still do some work uh, for our sister station in Cedar Falls for cruising KCFI and 93.5 The Mix. So, you know, I'm still uh, retired from that uh, full time in, in May, but, you know, still keep my hand at it and just having a little bit of fun broadcasting. Right. The... What what was your most unique job in radio that you ever had, do you think, Rob? One, one of them. Anyhow. The most unique job I ever had, I mean, was just getting to meet people, especially uh, people that were uh, in for uh, shows. Uh, you know, some of the uh, some of the artists that we played, uh, they would come in, and uh, we've met quite a few uh, wonderful people in the career, especially uh, with the at, uh, Delaware County Fair. We had a lot of great artists there. We'd go and visit with them. Sometimes we'd hang out with them to kind of, you know, 
before a show or what have you. And, and I'll be honest with you, we've had some uh, great, great folks over there. Charlie Daniels, a wonderful guy. Uh, Eddie Money stole my cigarette lighter back many years ago, back when I smoked. I always told I always told my friends, I said, someday I'm going to run into Eddie again. I'm going to tell him, you stole my green Bic lighter. And unfortunately, he's gone now, so we can't get that back. But uh, Mike Love and um, Bruce Johnston from the Beach Boys, two of the nicest people yet ever want to meet. Uh, but uh, it was just, it's really, it's one of the fun parts of the of the gig is right. to get to know these folks and, and visit with them. And mostly the, the most fun we had, though, is just taking care of our listeners, taking care of the communities that sure. we were a part of, because it's kind of, it's kind of fun to have their trust. But uh, on top of just that, it's, it's, it's kind of a responsibility that you took very seriously. You know, I mean, yeah. if we news stories or any bulletins. Uh, I, I was working the day of 9-11 and to do the show oh, wow. all through that. Although I will tell you, I don't know if this is a good answer or not, but uh, one of the stories of radio, uh, an all-day broadcast for 9-11, and we tag-teamed. I worked at KOKZ, Cool 105 at the time. Decided to, after everything was settled down, we decided to go back into music. And when you're doing this, a very intense day, you flip into the song, and the song that played, Leaving on a Jet Plane. Oh, no. And as soon as, I mean, we got maybe <laughs> oh. 30 seconds into it, and we all kind of looked at each other and just, well, oh, well. <laughs> Live radio, kids. One, one of the days, I have a unique story. Um, I used to teach... Uh, current events, contemporary mm. affairs class. And we used to get the dailies in that class, the daily newspapers. And I'll never forget, I opened one of those one day, and it, I opened to an article on an airplane crashing. And right below it was an ad for a, an airline. <laughs> Probably one of the worst spots they could have ever put yeah. that advertisement. Yeah, it's called product placement, and you really <laughs> got to watch that sometimes. Yeah. Because, yes, and that's, and, and again, though, sometimes it does happen to the best of right. people. It just, all you can do is just keep going and hope people don't get too upset about right. things like that. Because, yeah, I mean, obviously that was not something we did on purpose. But then again, on the same token, it happens. It, it, happens. It, it does happen yep. from time to time. And is it a funny story? Maybe not so much funny, but it's just a rather unique yes, it is. story yes, it that is. comes up. And I know everybody in the industry has had more than a few oh, stories about things like that and where you've maybe said or done something that you just shake your head at and just... Sometimes I wonder how I made it 30 years. I, <laughs> and now I say that, and my, and my new boss is now for Buchanan County Tourism are listening, going, oh, great. Now what's he going to do that we're going to be embarrassed about? It'll happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does happen, unfortunately. It does happen. Yep, it does. Um, the, right while, while you're here, um, the, the, the Steve Brown Arts Center is excited um, to know you, um, Tell us how you got in the job of tu tourism director for Buchanan County. I answered the ad. <laughs> I was I was seriously debating on whether or not I was going to retire from radio after that many years. 
sometimes you just decide, okay, this this is it. I don't think I can go any farther in this business. Maybe it's time to make a bit of a change. And that's when I decided to retire from radio. And it just so happened that there was an ad. My news director, of all people, Janelle, saw it online. And she goes, well, this might be something you'd be interested in. It was for mm -hmm. Buchanan County Tourism. I was born and raised in Buchanan County. This is my home. Right. And it just it struck me just right because one of the main things we do in tourism is you promote. And I was the promotions director at KMCH for those 18 years. And radio is promoting yourself and promoting your station and promoting businesses. So it just kind of felt like a good, a good fit. So I went in for the interview and uh, we all clicked. And it's the start of a great adventure. I mean, we're still a little over six months into it. Haven't really finished my first year yet. A lot of trial and error. But for the most part, I am loving every minute of it because I'm working with some great people. I was told uh, by a friend of mine that works with a board. And I said, okay, I've never done this before. And they said, if you got a good board, you've, you've got it made. Well, I've got it made because I've got a great board where, where sometimes... As I told you off air, we're, we're sometimes it's we all have different personalities, but we're all pulling in the same direction, and that is to promote the people, the events, you know, the 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 attractions here of Buchanan County. That's what we're doing, and they have done it so well for so many years, and we're learning new ways to to be more efficient and to get more publicity on right. things and come up with new ideas. So that's the part that I'm really excited about. And I, I'm really excited with my board because like I said, they're all aiming in that direction. And they want, you know, they want to see a success just as much as I do because we're we're pretty proud to be in this area. We've got a lot going for us here in Buchanan County. And it's just going to be nice to be able to, like I've said before, let everybody else know what we already know. How big a board do you have? Uh, well, uh, we've got uh, people from each one of our communities are, are represented, although I will say uh, if you are in Fairbank or if you are part of the Amish community or Stanley, uh, we're looking for uh, representation from those towns right now. But uh, each, each city has a uh, representative on the board. Uh, we also have uh, like the Independence Area Chamber of Commerce, Buchanan County, Economic Development, uh, Cedar Rock, the Historical Society, and, and Heartland Agribition. All of those are part of uh, tourism, uh, plus also the supervisors. And then uh, we have just an executive board of uh, four people. Right. So it's, it's, it's a good, small, tight group. And we meet about every two months. As a matter of fact, our next meeting is going to be coming up, I believe, the 19th of this month. It's just good to get everybody together and uh, we come up with what the ideas are that we need to see to grow and, and what, what changes that we're going to make and everything like that to help, help grow and, and kind of change with the times. What, what do you see as uh, your main job as tourism director of Buchanan County? What? Promoting. Promoting. Uh, promoting. And the main thing that I started with is that um, I'll, I'm embarrassed to say it. I've never been to Cedar Rock in the 62 years I have lived on this earth and born and raised. It's just like I've always known it was there. I've always known it's an incredible place. I just, I'll go there next week or I'll go there next time. You know, it's just not a, wasn't a priority. I started 
my uh, uh, secretary of the board runs Cedar Rock. I, that's, I just tell her, yeah, Katie, you run Cedar, you are Cedar Rock. And yeah. she is so knowledgeable of that place. And she says, you're coming to Cedar Rock now. And yeah. they gave me a private tour of the place. And I'll tell you what, I was blown away. Same thing with uh, the historical societies we have around here, Quaskaton, Winthrop, you name it. There's some wonderful historical societies here. Um, Heartland Agribition Center, uh, just all of these things around Buchanan County. I went to see them, got reacclaimed, reacclimated with them, got to visit with the folks. And I said, now the first thing we've got to do is... I spent time at the Buchanan County Fair and, and, and Independence, and we're going to do that even more this upcoming summer. We've got to let our own neighbors and our own friends here know what we've got here, because I know I'm not the only one that hasn't been to Cedar Rock right. or things like that. There are people from here that probably, not because they don't want to, but they just haven't. If it's in your backyard, sometimes it's hard to do that. If I can't get you to Heartland Agribition Center. Mm-hmm. How are you going to tell your friends? Yeah. Because if they come into town, hey, you know what, Jim, we're going to be here for a couple of days. What is there to do? Oh, I don't know. Well, let's let's take a trip. We're going to go over here to Quaskaton, you know, we're going to do this or that, or we're going to come to Jessup and we're going to do this and that. And it's just let's let's get our own people knowing what's going on because that way I know I've got a lot of cheerleaders now in my own backyard that help us with the job. By the way, before I forget, um, who is the board member from Jessup on on the tourism? Dawn board? Vogel. Dawn Vogel, our new okay. uh, supervisor. Yep, she is. Uh, she's my vice president, and uh, she represents uh, Jessup, and she does a great job of that. I, if anything. Uh, happens in Jessup. I she is the first person to send me a note and say, "Hey, this is this is happening in town." She got me up here uh, for Farmers Day. They had the uh, history RV here from the state of Iowa. Yeah, I was able to come up here and and uh, be a, ho- a host for a couple of hours on that. Uh, so anything that goes on, and that's what we like about our members too. I I can't be in all places at all times. Right. So it's nice to have all these eyes. And I also tell people. If there's something happening, send me a note. You can go to our Facebook page, send me a note, or go to director at travelbuchanan.com, send me an email, tell me what's happening. I can't guarantee I'll be at each and every event all the time, but at least I know about it and I can make a social media post or, or make a comment, maybe be there. And in the future, there'll be more things that we'll be doing. For this, so it's like the more I know, the more I know what's happening in the communities, the better I can get the word out to as many people as I can. Well, I can support you on that because I, I've, I've talked to you two or three times, and every time I've talked to you, I said we we need to get you on the podcast, and you said anytime, just let me know. And I called you recently, and you said you bet what time, and you beat me here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See, and it's it's. I'm happy to be invited. We'll just put it that way because I'm getting myself reacquainted with my own county. Right. You know, and it's so neat to maybe some of the people I've heard of, I haven't had the opportunity to meet. Well, now I get the chance to meet people and it's almost infectious. Your attitude and the people's attitudes that I run into, the people that run uh, the the museums. Uh, I I will, like I said, I'll, I'll 
pick on Winthrop. Uh, I went to their museum uh, earlier this summer. What a beautiful place. And every person that I met there, the place was loaded with volunteers working at that time. Every one of them, a smile on their face, and they were, they were just working to put their best foot forward on this. And it's not just Winthrop. It is Jessup. It's Quaskaton. It's Aurora. It's Fairbank. Everybody I have run into, they have that, they have that passion. Yep. And it's just nice to be able to encourage that passion a little bit, too, and just say, okay, I'm, I'm your sounding board. You come to me, and I'll make sure more people know about what's happening. Well, and that that would be that 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 is exactly what we need. Um, we are, I, and I'd like to tell you, you as uh, tourism director, we we're announcing tonight um, on our podcast that that uh, the Steve Brown Arts Center is sponsoring Littleton Free Watermelon Day, July twenty oh. ninth. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so I'll be expecting a note. So that I can get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be reminded. I understand. I understand. But uh, no, that's awesome. And then yeah. again, see, that's the other thing, too, about a small community in a small county like ours. Everybody supports everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we're here in Jessup. I love Jessup. I was born and raised in Fairbank, just, yeah. just north of here. You know what? I go through Jessup all the time, you know, and I've spent a lot of time in Jessup. I have friends that live here in town, and we like to support things in Jessup, but we also support Lamont and Rowley and, you know, Brandon. We support all these, and it's nice to see the other communities, like I said, also working in conjunction and getting this, because, again, we are all in this together, and especially with this Highway 20 rolling through here. What a gift that is. What, uh, what can we as organizations like the Steve Brown Arts Center, like, like um, the Frank Lloyd Wright House, like, like the, the historical societies, what can we do to make your job easier? Just let me know what's happening. That's the main thing. Don't, don't be afraid to contact me. I mean, my office, I have regular office hours. I'm in the depot there in Independence, so it's real easy to find. If you see my car or my truck parked uh, at, uh, at the depot, I'm there. And you are more than welcome to stop by. Let me know what's happening. Um, again, you know, I, I, I think I've given out more business cards in the couple of months I've worked here than I did in 18 years at KMCH. I mean, yep. I just, I'm giving people my business card and it's got my cell number on it. Don't be afraid to call. Uh, email me again, director at travelbuchanan.com. The more you let me know what's going on, the more I can spread the word. And there's so much happening. There's so many things that can be happening. I want to encourage if people have a, a, a thought or an idea of something maybe that they might want to do, find your tribe. Get those people together and make things happen because things just don't happen. You know, you have to you have to make it happen. If you have a passion, if you have a desire, if you have something that you really want to do, like I said, there's so many people out there, artists, musicians, just business people that that might have a have a thought about, you know, I wanna I wanna do this kind of an event or this kind yeah. of an event. By gosh, find those people and then let me know. Because then I'll let everybody else know. Who, who, uh, so, so I, I will share with you, you know, we, we do the podcast weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
th- thanks for producer Blake Tempest and Kelly and 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 Tony here at uh, Cohort Five Nine One Studios. We're, we're we get this done every week, and we we would like we would welcome text messages, emails with from you saying, well, the, this historical society has this going on. You send that to us, and we'll get that on on air for you. Because again, yes, I mean, I realize this is Jessup. We are in Jessup, but once again, you are you're filling a void that is not in Buchanan County. I mean, we we do not have a radio station. Uh, we do have a paper, and and that's you know the Bulletin Journal. I don't want to I don't want to cast any dispersions on on John and his staff and everything like that. They are wonderful people. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know, it's it's nice to have another outlet for news and for information that's going on. So yes, this is a, a very important broadcast to be doing right now. And and again, I've been posting on our Facebook page when when, when you release uh, a podcast, I make sure I, I get that on our website so many people can hear that. And that's the thing too, if they have something, they can get a hold of you as well too. Thank you. And just let you know, because again, there's no such thing as too much information. No, no, there's not. You're right. You're so, right. But but yeah, let me know. I will pass it along to you or vice versa. Because again, then once we get into that click, you know, it, it makes things that much easier that, that what's happening and we know what to expect and people will, you know, it's, it'll be second nature to some of these folks that are putting together these great events that they, they know, hey, don't be shy. That's what we're here for. Is it... Are there are there any th- or is there anything that I haven't asked that you'd like to tell us about the the tourist board or the the Buchanan County Tourist Board that we should know or that the audience should know? Well, right now the main thing we're doing right now is uh, I'm uh, we are just finishing up our membership membership very reasonable uh, for uh, businesses uh, for individuals we have a lot of individuals that, that want to be a part of uh, tourism. Uh, and uh, they uh, can get a hold of me, once again, director at travelbuchanan.com, and just get a hold of me. And if they would like to be a member, I mean, a family membership, $25 a year. Hmm, okay. uh, businesses, uh, like $50 a year. If you're a business in Buchanan County and you want to uh, help support uh, you know, Buchanan County tourism. Uh, there's just uh, things like that. And, and so if they want to get a hold of me and uh, be a part of that as a member, let me know. The other thing is that we're going to, we're working on our new uh, travel guide. Uh, we had one for a couple of years and it's getting dated. So we are going to do a new guide. We've come up with a couple of different items. We're going to do the lobby cards and those are the ones we're going to mostly distribute. They'll have the QR code. People will be able to get that lobby card and they can use the QR code and it'll take them to our website where the guide will be on our website. But also then we will also have the full-size guides at the welcome centers all around yeah, the state yeah. and other areas. 
uh, but uh, we'll be doing that. We'll, and that's going to be sponsored by advertisement. So uh, you'll probably, if you're a business listening to my voice, you'll also be seeing my smiling face coming <laughs> up very soon to talk to you about maybe uh, helping us out and, and helping support tourism uh, by uh, helping us with our uh, our visitor's guide, which will be a two-year guide. We've decided we would do that, and it'll be good for two years. So uh, that was a couple of things, and then we're also going to be working on some new items I've got kind of rolling around in my mm-hmm. head that I want us to do, uh, some tours and other items like that that I'm working with the board on right now to see if we can't make some things happen because we just want to I mean, we're asking everybody to to uh, let us know so we can promote them. Well, we got to promote us, too. That's so right. there's going to be some things that we'll be doing. But you're going to be seeing a lot of tourism coming up here in the very near future. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming over this evening. We appreciate it. Appreciate having you. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate the invitation, and hopefully this will not be my last visit in. Oh, and I will, I'll have you on again. Well, and Blake's got some really good uh, editing that you're going to have to do now, so I'm, <laughs> I've got faith in you. I've got all the faith in the world. So, But thank you very much. I really appreciated the opportunity to stop by. Thank you. This is Steve Brown Arts Center Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest. The Grimes Fairy Tales. Many of you are familiar with the Grimes Fairy Tales. We were raised with the Grimes Fairy Tales in our country. The Grimes Fairy Tales are for children. But in Germany, the Grimes Fairy Tales are for adults. And they're rather gruesome and unique. I, I found three stories. And the reason, the reason I presented this is one of the two brothers, Jacob Grimes, birthday would have been this past weekend, two the weekend before this past weekend, I guess. But the first story I'd like to tell you is the story about the mouse, the bird, and the sausage. And then remember, this is written for adults, not for children. So the mouse, the bird, and the sausage is a little tale about a mouse, bird, and sausage who all live together to make their household a co- cohesive unit. They each have a specific role within the home. The bird collects wood for the fire. The mouse is in charge of collecting water, lighting the fire, and setting the table. And the sausage keeps everyone well fed. One day, the bird decided they should change roles, feeling like he does all the hard work, and it quickly backfires. The sausage goes out to collect wood, but becomes a dog snack, while the the mouse tries to cook like the sausage by throwing her body on the pot to season everything and dies. And the bird, he falls into the well when collecting water and drowns. Moral of the story, they were great in their original roles and should have been happy with that. The second story I'd like to tell you is the cat and mouse in partnership. So this little story doesn't have a moral per se but offers a bleak view of the world. A cat and mouse decide to live together and buy a pot of fat to get get them through the winter. However, they decide to keep the pot in a safe place under an altar at the church and only use it if necessary. Cats being cats, the cat makes up a story and says she's becoming a godmother in order to secretly visit the church. So she asks the mouse to stay and watch their place. The cat comes home and eventually becomes a godmother two more times. 
quite a popular godmother. Each time the mouse asks the name of the godchildren and the cat's response are top off, half done, and all gone. Of course, referring to the fats. Let me say that again. Top off, half done, and all gone. The mouse doesn't catch on until they go to the church and see the empty pot. The cat turns and eats the mouse. The end. The last story is a story about Cinderella. Um, it's not the story of Cinderella that we all know that every girl in our country has learned to come in love and fallen in love with. This story of Cinderella is rather rather violent and a little vulgar. Cinderella is a beloved story found all over the world with various writers creating many different versions. The Brothers Grimes version is twisted and gruesome. Unlike the Disney version, with which almost every young girl likes, the premise is the same in what Cinderella has an evil stepmother and two horrid stepsisters who make her life miserable by making her do all the awful chores. And she meets a handsome prince and lives happily ever after. However, in this version, her fairy tale godmother is a magical tree with little birds who help her out. And when the stepsisters don't fill into the golden shoe, one hacks off a toe and the other hacks off a heel. And their punishment for mistreating Cinderella, the birds peck out their eyeballs. That is Grimes Cinderella. This is the Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with producer Blake Tempest. Tonight I want to talk about five documentaries that were a big hit in our country um, just before COVID. It would have been the year or two before COVID. The five are, and I would like to recommend that you go to these. If you get a chance, go to... YouTube and look these up, even if you just see the see the uh, trailers. Um, the trailers are interesting on them as well. But the first documentary is Harlan County, USA. Uh, it's about the 1973 Brookside strike in East Kentucky. The music is wonderful. Um, Blake, you would really enjoy the music. You know, it's red dirt. Music, obviously from from uh, western or from eastern Kentucky. There, it, it sticks with my heart. My father was a staunch unionist and loved loved the union, um, fought very hard for the union. He was a teamster. Um, the second one is Man on Wire. It's about famous high wire walker Philip Pettit. He walked between the two World Trade Centers before they were destroyed back in 2001. And it's the story about Pettit doing that. I can just barely remember that. Um, but it's a great documentary. The third one is called Three Identical Strangers. And the, this is about triplets that are separated at birth. And they find each other totally by accident in New York City. The fourth one is called The Overnighters. It's about uh, Willingston, North Dakota, and it's an oil run there in North Dakota back when 
during the oil boom there and the reactions of the townspeople and the people in North Dakota. Um, it's, great. it's actually a very good documentary if you get a chance to see it. And the last one is called Gleason. It's about New Orleans Saints, Steve Gleason and his battle with ALS. It's his battle with Lou Gehrig's disease. It tugs at your heartstrings. Steve Brown Art Center Podcast Network. I'm Jim Gillespie with Blake Tempest. And some announcements. Don't forget, uh, this this month we want to have, and we're going to have, we're going to put together a music podcast. I can't promise you when that will be out. That's tentative. In February, we are putting together Jessup StoryCorps. We talked about StoryCorps with Kara last week. Kara, Kara is a very big advocate of that. And then don't forget February 25th, Barb Prawl from Marion is coming in. She, and she'll be here at Cowork 591. And she is exhibiting her art. She's a 90-year-old artist that does remarkable work. She does landscaping. She does profiles. She does... She does sculpting. You will, she's she's gonna she's gonna do a how-to and she's gonna explain her art. That is Saturday, February twenty-fifth. Then in March twenty-eighth, there will be a jazz festival at Union High School, and we will give you more information on that as follows. Don't forget to check out our podcast every week. Also make sure you check out Tony Lang's podcast, Spilling the Tea. The Steve Brown Arts Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has a vision of artists, young and old alike, to have the opportunity to better themselves while helping to build the skills of those around them. If you would like to donate to the Steve Brown Arts Center or have an idea for an event, go to the thestevebrownartscenter.org and follow the link. Or you can follow us at our website, at stevebrownartcenter.org. We are on Facebook and we are on Twitter. If you would like to, to sponsor us, at, email me at jimgillespiegolf at gmail.com or call me at 319-290-0241 and leave a message. That is 319-290-0241 and leave a message. Thanks, Blake Tempest, Tony Lang, and Kelly Seahaas at Cowork 591 Studios. Without you, this podcast would not happen. I'd like to leave you this week with a quote from the book Illusions by Richard Bach. Richard Bach wrote Jonathan Livingston Siegel and Illusions. Um, Illusions, incredible small book, about 120 pages. Um, that I would I would recommend you read it. It is free online if you can find it. But this quote this quote is uh, is a great way to end. And I struggle each week to try to try to end this podcast. So, um, but I wanted to read you this quote again from Richard Bach and Illusions. Don't be dismayed by goodbyes. A farewell is necessary before you can meet again. Meeting again after moments or lifetimes is certain for those who are friends. This is Jim Gillespie. Remember, each day is about little victories.